Hello, you're listening to season two of the Living Library radio podcast series. The Living Library is a multimodal storytelling program of the New Canadian Centre Peterborough that aims to share human stories of immigration and integration. In this series, you'll meet six newcomers living, working, and building their lives in Peterborough and Northumberland in Ontario, Canada. They hail from El Salvador, Peru, Syria, and Venezuela and have many stories to share with you. This series is produced by the New Canadian Centre in partnership with Trent Radio. And now, here's your host, Jill Stavely. Thank you, Bisham. Yep, it's me, Jill Stavely, Director of Programming at Trent Radio 92.7 CFFFFM, and your host for Season 2 of the Living Library Radio Podcast Series. This week, we meet Patricia Orantes, a newcomer from El Salvador. She'll tell us her story, followed by an interview. My name is Patricia Orantes, and I come from El Salvador. El Salvador is a tiny country located in Central America on the Pacific Ocean. Our people is really friendly, warm, and hardworking people and uh, we have tropical weather. It's a very lovely place and we can go from the volcanoes to the lake to the ocean in an hour or so or less. So I came here uh, 10 years ago, which is a big difference in climate, in food, in culture, in everything. I didn't think that it was going to be so difficult. I come from a very traditional conservative family. I am the youngest of three siblings and the only girl. So I'm the spoiled brat, like people say. And I was very spoiled from my dad. I was raised Catholic and we are very religious people. Uh, Our faith is very strong. And so I tried to continue with the traditions that I had been educated with. Even when we were so Catholic, my parents didn't send me to a Catholic school. They sent me to a German school in San Salvador. Um, I think that was one of the best gifts that my parents gave me because opened my eyes to other cultures and learning languages, seeing other people in other parts of the world were like really amazing. When I was um, 16 years old, they sent me for one year to Germany in an student exchange program uh, so that I can learn the language. And because in school, uh, we had to pass two German tests, which were graded by the, the German government. So I was kind of nervous and my parents said, okay, so why don't you go to Germany for one year? You learn the language and then you come back. So I did it and it was very hard because I have been always with my parents. Being far away, it was hard. So I remember that I was calling my mom every day, crying, (laughs) saying that I wanted to come back. And my mom just said, you know what, Um, just stay till December. And if you don't want to stay, so you come back. So, well, in December, the, the story changed because I was crying, but because I didn't want it to come back. (laughs) So it was very uh, hilarious. So I learned to be more independent. I was very young, right? So, and I just wanted to eat the world really. So after a year, I came back to El Salvador and I graduated. I passed my two German tests. Um, When I graduated, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to study. It was whether architecture, 
it was being a doctor or being in uh, graphic design, but never went into my mind to be a lawyer. When the time came and I didn't exactly what to do, I was just like so stressed. And I don't know from where it came, I'm going to be a lawyer. And uh, so I registered myself in the the university, uh, started going to classes, and I realized that I was liking it. Uh, So I just finished my career in El Salvador is five years after you graduate from high school. I was very happy and uh, it was another big achievement in my life. So after that, I had always the dream to travel while my other friends were thinking we're going to get married and have kids. I was always thinking I want to travel. Working for the Ministry of Foreign Affairs was another dream that I wanted to accomplish. And it's funny how things happen because I was one time in one of the tribunals just looking into a case And then there's this guy that came and he was sitting at the same table. And I knew that I knew him. I I, I was just like, where have I seen him? And then he started talking to me and then he asked for my brother. And this is like, how does he know me? And then I realized that he works for the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. And I said, why are you here? Oh, I'm just uh, looking into a case. And so what do you do? And I said, well, I work for the attorney general's office. And then he said, well, you know, I work for the Ministry of Foreign Affairs and in my division, we are looking for a lawyer. So were you interested? And and I just said, yes, I went there. And it was like, I, I believe that God is watching over me all the time and he sends angels. And uh, so that was an angel that was helping me to go where I wanted. So I started working for the Ministry of Foreign Affairs and it was amazing. I think it was my best job ever. And as well, I went to different countries again. I went to the Netherlands. I went to Switzerland. I went to Sweden. I went to Finland. I went to Chile. I went to Trinidad and Tobago. So it was like an amazing job, really. But I knew that those are like very political positions as well. So whoever is in the government tries to put their people. And I knew that I was not able to continue growing. I was a lawyer, right? So and I wanted as well to have some experience in uh, the private sector. So I joined a law firm as associate where I was, uh, I think, for another four or five years and I was working in intellectual property. So I continued traveling because we were assisting or attending different conferences around the world. And um, after that, I joined another law firm and that was as a partner. And I was in the international division. So I was looking into intellectual property. I was looking into pharmaceutical registration and I did as well some of corporate And that was very interesting. I really enjoyed the corporate part of the law. So I learned a lot of corporate law. And on one of my trips that I went to Berlin and Germany, I just saw the city and I said, well, this is where I want to live or where I want to come back. 
I knew that from when I was 16 years old, but at that time, the wall was still there. So there was the division of the East and West Germany. And now it was like a big city. And it was like beautiful with lots of history, with the modern buildings beside the old ones. So it was like another world. I came back from my trip to El Salvador and I said, well, that's where I want to go. And I started looking for master's degree in universities in Berlin. So I applied, I got a, a loan from the bank and there I was again. So in October of the same year, I was going to Berlin to start my master's degree. So I stayed there for a year. And meanwhile, I started looking for some friends through Facebook. I was always reluctant to, to go on Facebook, but um, there was a friend that lived in Italy and she posted a lot of pictures of her kids. And the only way that I could look into that was if I was part of Facebook. So I decided, okay, so I'm going to be part of Facebook. So and I said, like, let's see if I can find any friends, old friends. So I looked from my first school, from here, from other friends. And then I realized that when I was starting the university, so that was a few years back, I met this guy. He was half Canadian, half American, and he was working for the American embassy at that time. And uh, so we dated for like four or five months. And uh, I said, hey, why not? Like just searching for him to, to know what he's doing. And uh, so I found him and then I sent a text. Hey, how are you doing? And he immediately answered back. So we started talking and it was very intensive talking for many hours on the phone. And when we met, I was 22 years old. And at that time I was... 42, right? So it was 20 years that we didn't have any contact at all. And so I told him that I was going to Germany and uh, well, the communication continued, continued. And then he said, you know, like I am in a place right now where I want to settle in. Um, I never got married, but I have four kids. So what do you think? And I'm just like, well, a long distance relationship is not really what I'm looking for. But like, um, okay, so we started like um, trying to, to have a relationship in the distance. So he came to Germany for Christmas time and he brought a ring with him. So I know it, it, it sounds crazy, but we got engaged. <laughs> We got engaged and three months later, we were getting married in El Salvador while I was on my semester break. Um, yeah, the story is very nice, um, but it didn't finish that nice at the end. So I was in love, really. I, I was not looking into something else. I was just like completely uh, knowing that he was my partner. And uh, it was funny. We got married and two days later, I had to go back to Germany. Uh, and he came back to Canada. So I finished my master's degree. I worked on my thesis. I passed my thesis and then went back to El Salvador in August. In the meantime, I came to Canada twice as well, just to meet his family and to meet the area and get to know more about uh, where he was living. So in October uh, 14th, 2011, I was moving to Canada. 
What a big leap of faith, really. Like, I don't know exactly what I'm going to do here. Uh, and it was hard. Like at the beginning, he was working in Kingston and his home was in Alderville. I was between Kingston and Alderville. So four days in Kingston and then coming back to Alderville. But those four days, we were on the road all the time because his uh, son played hockey. So I think I know all the rings in Ontario now because we went everywhere. At some point, I was just like, I don't feel I belong anywhere. And uh, so we decided that I was going to stay in Alderville and try to make myself more comfortable and trying to, to settle, right? So he was in Kingston most of the week and coming on the weekends. And as well, we continue doing the, the hockey uh, tour. So it was really hard. And I was thinking that something was missing. And he he was a different man as well. I think he, he was just living his life as a single person, even though he was married. Like for me, it was, I was just looking to have a family and I didn't have that. So I connected with uh, my priest in church here in Coburg. And I said, like, you know, Father, I really need uh, some support and I don't know where to look and where can I go? And then he said, well, you know, I know a lady that I think is from Colombia and uh, she might be able to help you. And so he gave me the phone number and that was Lucifelia from the New Canadian Center. She started inviting me to the, to the women's group that they had every month. And that's how I started connecting with other people and how I met my best friend who was from Spain and she was in the same situation. And so they were living here in Coburg and we really had a wonderful connection and she became my best friend. I felt a little bit better, of course, like knowing that I was able to reach for somebody if I needed and because I was living in Alderville, which is like half an hour away from Coburg, I felt like kind of isolated. Um, I had a cat and that was a great company, really. And I didn't feel that I was by myself. And then I had a great parents-in-law as well. Like they were always taking care of me and coming, just checking on me, making sure that I had everything and and whenever my ex-father-in-law was able to give me his car, like take my car and go to Coburg, do something, don't stay here in the house. So it was very nice. And these two people are dear to my heart, really. Um, I, uh, through the New Canadian Center as well, I found my first job. Lucifelia knew that I was a lawyer, but I couldn't practice here because the, I, I called the uh, Law Society of Upper Canada when I came and they said that I had to go back to law school for three years. And I was just like, no way. And uh, that was unfortunate because they never gave me more information. And years after, I realized that my experience as lawyer could could have counted as well. So to make less time in school. But uh, there I was, like it was three years after and I really needed to work. So I decided I'm going to find something. So I told Lucifelia and then one day she calls me and she says, you know, I have here a person who needs uh, somebody for their reception is a real estate agency. 
And if you're interested, just call him now. So I call him, I call the owner and they made an interview on a Saturday. And uh, so I sent him my resume and I sent my resume the way that the Salvadorians do. So I put everything that I do and everything that I have done. And uh, I remember that he was looking at my resume and he said, Patty, I'm impressed with your resume. I mean, like what I'm going to offer you, probably you're overqualified, but, and I select, it doesn't matter. I just need to work. Believe me, I, I really want this. So uh, he offered me a receptionist uh, position because their receptionist was uh, on sick leave. So, uh, but they didn't know when she was coming back. So after two months, she came back and I was just like, oh my God, again, I don't have a job. And then he said, you know, you are so good that I can offer you a contract for six months so you can develop my policies and procedures. And I need to get all these documents and forms as well uh, together. So I just go there and I look what my clients need. So that was amazing, like that he believed in me. And it was kind of like being in the law field. So I was doing research and doing contracts and agreements and and trying to put all the requirements together. So I worked there for six months. And then, unfortunately, that uh, went to an end. So I was unemployed again, and I continued searching for jobs. So um, my second job uh, was at the Northumberland Community Counseling Center, I applied for the executive assistant uh, position and I got it. And I spent there 10 months. It was an interesting position um, because like I didn't know or like probably because I'm not in that field that so many that mental health is a big deal. And maybe in El Salvador is not or I don't know, like it, it really was like shocking to see that many people coming to the agency. So I had a a friend in Alderville who was a lawyer and she came from another reserve. So we started having a friendship and we both were lawyers and she was new to Alderville as well. And so we connected and then she said, you know, I belong to this board from the help center And we are looking right now for an executive director. So send your resume because I think that you have good skills. And I said, yeah, yeah, I will. And I was just like, who will hire me? I mean, like an executive director position, like I'm not from the area. I don't know if my English is good. Um, I don't know anything about social services. And then after like a week, she asked me again, did you send your resume? And I said, like, no, but do you think I should? Yes, yeah, send it. So she encouraged me so much that I said, okay, so I'm going to send it. And it took like a month. I, I thought, okay, so probably they hire somebody else. And then I received a phone call on a Sunday. And then, oh, is this Patricia? And I said, yeah. Uh, well, you know, I'm calling from the help center and we would like to have an interview with you. And then after a week, they called me and they said, uh, the position is yours. We have seen that you have different views of this. And uh, we think that you are going to be great for the position. So I started there with a lot of fear and scare, like, oh, my God, I have never been the head of an agency like this. 
And the people that was working there had a lot more experience than me in social services. But I learned and I have been working there for seven years already. Something that I'm doing, it's right. <laughs> and I just love what I do is helping people. And uh, the team that I have is, is amazing. Uh, it's a group of ladies. We are six ladies and uh, we have different skills. Uh, we have different personalities and uh, we get very good along. And I just feel that that is a family to me. So it has been like a big journey. And when I started working there, I realized that my marriage was going down the hill. It was absolutely no interaction. And the, the only ones that we had was only to, to hurt each other. And I was really going through a hard time. I was away from my family. I couldn't tell my parents. I went to Cornerstone uh, because there were some uh, emotional and verbal abuse. And uh, I was so scared, like really, and I didn't know what to do. So I decided just to do the best I could try to keep the marriage together. But um, even when we talk and we try again, it didn't work. So I was not financially strong enough to rent a place. So we had to stay in the same place for almost a year, separated, but living under the same roof was the worst. Being in the house was not pleasant anymore. A day where he said, you have to leave. And I said, like, why will I have to leave? This is my home too. We're married, even if you don't like it. And uh, so you will have to wait until I feel it's the time. I spent there almost a year. And then my birthday was coming. And I said, well, my birthday is coming. And that's the day when I'm moving because I'm going to reborn. And um, so the day came and I just jumped into my car. I went first to Ottawa to visit my cousin. That's how my new life started. I rented a room because I didn't have more money, not even for an apartment. But where I was renting in Poor Hope, it was a nice lady, a nice young lady. It was good. And I was able to take my two cats with me, but I was feeling depressed. You know, thinking about divorce was uh, being a failure for me. When you come from a Catholic family, the marriage is a strong bond with your partner. There were days that I wasn't able to get out of bed. Uh, then uh, she told me that she was going to sell the house. And then I said, oh my God, again, I need to find another place. I live in, in that place for eight months. And then uh, I was looking for a place and I found another one in Port Hope and I paid the deposit and it was like in an attic. So I was just like, I don't know if I want to live here. It's very small. So one of my friends in work uh, asked me, have you asked Leo? Leo is a volunteer that we have at the help center. And he and his wife were like very nice to me all the time. And uh, his wife passed away. So he was living in Port Hope in a big uh, kind of house. And then I asked him and then he said, of course. So I moved 
and we were home sharing with him. So I have more freedom in the house. But then after a year, he said, I'm selling the house and I'm moving to Camford. And then I was again in the same situation. I feel homeless. I feel so. Then I found this place in Grafton and I pay again the deposit and I wasn't happy with it, but that was the best I could find. And um, I belong to the Rotary Club uh, here in uh, the Northumberland Sunrise Rotary Club for a couple of months. And then I sent a text to a friend there saying, well, I will not continue because my finances have changed. And then she said, what happened? And said, I have to move and I don't know what I'm going to do. And then she said, well, I just bought a, a small house. Why don't you go and see it? And uh, so I went to see the house and it was perfect for me, like a house for one person, for my cats. And it was even the same price that I was going to pay for the apartment in Grafton. At this time, I was just, okay, so I paid the deposit. I don't think I'm getting it back. I just sent an email to them saying, you know, financially, I'm not so good. I know that I cannot get it reimbursed. But if you have a good heart, you will just know that I need the money. So they sent me back thousand dollars. So then I have money again to do the transfer and to do the, the move. Right. So, um, so I have been living there. Well, I lived there for three years until they sold the house again. And now I live here in Coburg. I continue working for the help center where I just feel I found my spot. And uh, so this is in a snap, my story. I found a place that I can call home here in Northumberland County. And finally, I feel that I belong to this community. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us, a story of fearless optimism and resilience, a story about how home isn't always what we imagine it's going to be. It's not just about marriage. It's not just about a place, but these connections. You seem to have found a wonderful home in Northumberland. I'm so happy for you, and I'm so grateful that you shared your story with us. Thank you, Jill. You've been sharing your story with the community in Northumberland through the NCC's Living Library Project this year. Why is it important for you to share this story? I think that people have to know that even when they have challenges, because moving to another country is not easy. Like we think, oh, we have everything in the pocket, like we, we can manage everything. And once you are in the situation, you can feel overwhelmed and have lots of fear, especially with the, another language that you don't even want to talk or because you think that they are going to make fun of you, that you feel defeated sometimes that, uh, oh, no, it didn't happen or it didn't. But you have to continue doing it because uh, uh, you have to face everything with a good attitude and just insist, insist, and you will get what you want. Um, I think it's important for other uh, newcomers to know that it's up to them how far they want to go. And if I was able to go this far, they are able to do it too. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm so inspired by your resilience and your determination and your fearless optimism. All of the risks that you have taken through your life and yet you seem to carry through with such poise. And as you say, your God is watching you to make sure you're okay. Thank you, Jill. It was a pleasure.
You can learn more about the Living Library Project by visiting the New Canadian Centre's website at www.nccpeterborough.ca forward slash living library. The music used in this series was performed and recorded by local musician and multi-instrumentalist Matthew Watson. <laughs>